Uh, we are in a series about the six superpowers of the supernatural church. I did forewarn you that some of these it may turn into seven or eight superpowers uh, as God is working through me in this. But um, I want to I want to bring to you uh, the the fourth in this series: service, service, or serving others. You know, there's a lot of wonderful opportunities and has been and, and will be at New Song for people who are going to um, uh, represent New Song, who those who God could plant you in any church around here, and you could be representing the Lord through that body, through that name we put on the billboard, right? Um, but, but God has drawn you here. If you feel like this is your church, this is the body God wants you to represent. And so there's a lot of opportunities. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And we'll be looking at the first 13 verses, uh, primarily as our, our text. Did I say 1 first, first Corinthians or 2? I meant 2 if I said first. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I really believe this scripture will come alive to us uh, in such a practical and ap- applicable way in our daily lives. So, um, in, in this chapter, uh, in this book, um, we, we're looking at uh, basically a, a, a series of thoughts, if you will. Uh, Paul is in, a, in, in kind of a, a situation, and, and we find ourselves in this chapter where if we were to back up uh, to chapter 5 and, and look through there and actually do a sermon on that, we'd see that Paul has had a situation where false teachers have crept into the Corinthian church, and they are trying to convince Basically, trying to convince them that Paul is, it doesn't have the credentials, he doesn't have the authority, he's not teaching the right thing. And so Paul, uh, when we get into this, it's really a, a chapter uh, that's starting out about reconciliation. Paul is literally reaching out to those who are opposing him and to the Corinthian church, those who are susceptible to be led, led away. So uh, in an effort to push their teaching, these false teachers, and take control, they've uh, worked hard to discredit Paul. And so the result has been that there's a series of letters exchanged between Paul and the Corinthians over this. And what we have in 2 Corinthians is the fourth letter Paul's written to them. And he's trying to, uh, to really, what he's trying to do is bring about this reconciliation. So he's talking about the gospel and how God reconciled us to him. Uh, and then he also gives uh, us, a, uh, how God gives us the power to be reconciled with one another. Uh, and then also uh, to do the work of the ministry, uh, which is to call people around us to be reconciled by God. Um, so, so really it's to pass on what God has done in us, and that's the true meaning of the gospel. So Paul is appealing to the Corinthians, and if you've not received the gospel is what he's saying, do that. Uh, and if you have to, get your heart right uh, with God so that we can go out and reach the world for Christ. And that's really what we do here each week. That we get our hearts in a place together where we can work together to reach others for Christ. It is as much about reaching others for Christ as it is about you being drawn closer to Christ. So Paul is appealing to the Corinthians. And so he's taken the first 13 verses of 2 Corinthians and he's talking to them about his role as God's ambassador. And not just his role, but he sees it as all of them doing ministry as ambassadors together, that all of us, once we become a Christ followers, are ambassadors of Christ. And in that very same way, we at New Song are ambassadors of Christ. We are ambassadors uh, of the kingdom. It's not just me as the only full-time staff member. We just hired on an accountant 
uh, part-time, and so this is monumental for us. Uh, uh, Ken and Nathan and I, we conducted an interview Thursday night, and uh, actually after the interview, ended up offering the position to uh, uh, Rhonda uh, Jacobs, and she's uh, someone I've known since I was uh, younger, and uh, and in another church plugged in, but uh, she's had decades and decades of accounting uh, experience and currently in a p- position now. And so uh, we're, we're excited about that. But, but it's not just about the paid staff. It's not just about the volunteer staff. You know, here at New Song, I treat our volunteer staff as if they are, are, are paid. Uh, I don't know if I should admit that, actually. Um, we try to give them the leeway that they are volunteer. But, but as far as the authority that they carry, you know, uh, as God's given me authority to shepherd the church, and as I uh, mentor or people are raised up or come to us, uh, Ken, he is our worship pastor. Whether he's paid or not, he carries the same authority that God would have of any worship pastor that stands before us, uh, the same of anyone put in position. That's why it weighs very heavy on me that who we have in positions of that, it's not about the title, but they have servants' hearts, and they are all about being God's ambassadors, Christ's ambassadors to the people in the church, first of all, and then outside of that. Because if they get that wrong, then they're working against us, not with us. And so Paul's running through this because he has some false teachers who are trying to be a different kind of ambassador. So this illustration that Paul is using is that of an ambassador. Um, and so we read this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, which you won't need to turn there because we're not going to go through that. But it does say in, in 2 Corinthians 5.20, it says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. So now today, how an ambassador works, if you, if you, have, uh, you have one person from a country who uh, represents that country and they go to the United Nations and they gather together and they, they really don't accomplish that much, but it makes everybody feel better that we have an ambassador that goes to the United Nations. And, um, and, and you know, it makes everybody feel better, but it's people representing countries working together to have better relations. It's, hey, Russia, don't nuke us, right, back in the, the Cold War days, and, and Russia saying, what are you going to uh, do to stop us, and those type of things. But we have ambassadors who try to do the diplomatic uh, talks. And so uh, in the Roman world of Paul's day, though, that's not what ambassadors did. It was actually different than that. An ambassador was sent by a, a conquered country. So like the Jewish people, the Roman Empire, it's like they had these different countries or these different people who had been conquered by the Roman Empire and they would have a representative that would go um, to uh, Caesar, would go to um, the emperor, to, to um, the controlling country and they would go trying to bring, get some kind of, manage some kind of favor uh, from Caesar for the people. So, so the people of these very serious regions would send this ambassador to Caesar and um, it was for the purpose of uh, getting a favorable status relevant to security or trade or governance or whatever it was. But God takes and inverts it. He reverses it. And, and Nathan, I don't know, did we have that video clip? Okay, I'm going to stop here for a minute, and I just want to play a short uh, video clip for you um, to complete the introduction of the message. The world is a cruel place.
because there's something that you need to read. It was written just for you. It's called the Jesus Memo. It's basically an open letter to you, to me, to all of us really. As we start a new school year, a new year, a new day, let's take a moment to stop and reflect, to be honest with ourselves. You see, it wasn't that long ago that we felt like an outsider. It wasn't that long ago that someone made fun of us. It wasn't that long ago that we ourselves felt worthless. So this year, whether we're in the first grade or in the sixth, whether we're a junior in high school or a junior in college, whether you work in the back room or in the boardroom, let's ask Jesus to lead us so that we can speak up for those who don't have a voice. Because their day is probably worse than yours. Love, and don't just use your words. Use your actions. Be last. Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. Find the person without a friend. You know who they are. They're waiting for you. Today will be different. Be Jesus to everyone. Take a stand. God takes and reverses this idea of the ambassador, of someone being sent by the people to the dictator to try to gain some kind of favor, some kind of, some kind of workout, some kind of deal to, to give them favor. And, and what you have is the king of the universe. God, in his infinite wisdom, in his infinite power, he sends his son, Jesus, as an ambassador, and he sends us as ambassadors to reach people so that he can create a favorable relationship that will bless them. You see, it's exactly the reverse. It's the king who is sending the ambassador to the people to say, let's work something out. I want to be in good relationship. I want you to have favor. It's exactly the opposite. So how much does God love you? The God of the universe who needs nothing loves you so much to tell you his, his love, to desire to bless you, to tell you uh, how you and I can have eternal relationship and favor with him. It's simply amazing that God would do that. It's not done by any other country in history or any other way. It's God's way. It's reverse of how man would do it. And Paul says, we are Christ's ambassadors. This is what serving's all about. He, he's sending us out. He's calling us to tell them about the love and to demonstrate it and demonstrate that love by serving. That's the way we demonstrate it. So he, he said, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God, be made right with God, so that we can be ambassadors. In the same way that Paul was an ambassador, every single believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is an ambassador. As a church, this is our goal. This is our role. When we talk about compassion ministries, when I stood there on the groundbreaking of the Habitat Build, and with tears I'm telling the family who is getting blessed with the house that you have blessed us because it gave us an opportunity to give. It gave us an opportunity to be stretched in our faith. And, and it gave us an opportunity to be a part of what God's already doing here. It, it's in our city that we're ambassadors. In our state, our nation, 
our, our world on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and all that. It's, it's in all of it. Every way that we represent the body of Christ, we are ambassadors. What Paul does then is give three aspects of his, ambas- uh, his ambassador role. So if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, he, he's going to talk about three things in these 13 verses. First of all, he's going to, to present the call of the ambassador. The call of the ambassador. It's what the ambassador is called to do and what he is saying. And second, he's going he's gonna to display his credentials. Remember I said he had, to, he had to prove his credentials for his authority. And he gives us an example to follow of what our credentials should look like. And then the final thing, the third thing, is the compassion of the ambassador. That's all done with compassion. Paul is driven by a heart of love and service that reaches out to those who have rejected him. Keep in mind, this is a man who's converted from, from uh, persecuting Christians. He was the one that, who did not have heart for those who, who disobeyed the law. So let's look at it in, in the beginning in verse 1 as we look at the call of the ambassador. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. Working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Not to receive the grace of God in vain. I want to point you to the part that says, working together with him. What I want you to notice is that all of us together, Paul counts them, the Corinthians, as working together with him. That he is not high and mighty Paul, the Apostle Paul, above them when it comes to this very basic need of the church in service, but he is with them, working with them. And it's not just my ministry or the staff's ministry or our ministry. It's all of us working together for him. You know, I kind of cringe if someone's talking about, I'm in a group of people who don't go to New Song, and they say, oh yeah, Pastor CJ's church. And I just think of myself, it's not Pastor CJ's church. Just like even though we love Pastor Jim and he started, it's not Pastor Jim's church, not Pastor Rogers. It's God's church, but it's all of us together as a body representing him as ambassadors. It's our church. So, 2 Corinthians 6.1, working together with him, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, don't waste the opportunity and miss the whole idea of the gospel. This whole idea of service. This is what Jesus came to do, was to serve. God is an active king. Uh, he's, he's moving. He's calling his people to himself. He's, he's calling you to be his ambassador and God is stirring in your heart. I know He is. There's no way you can come to New Song and sit through even one of our worship services unless you are just cold to the moving of the Holy Spirit and you have shut it out, or you, and we'll cover this in a minute, what some of the roadblocks may be, but unless that, then there's no way you can come here and not feel God moving and stirring in you. God has put you in a place where the Spirit of God is moving. And I don't get into too much about bragging about New Song because I think humility is, is the way to go. But it's the truth. God is moving here. It's been evident since the beginning. You know, anything you may see from me that might be a little bit negative or like I'm questioning, it's all about, it's all about me and my inadequacy. I never question whether God will, will continue new song, whether God will continue to grow this church. God's put you in a place where there's blessing and God says don't squander that opportunity. Don't waste the opportunity that you have. Look at what he says in verse 2. Paul quotes Isaiah and he says, for he says, 
in a favorable time I listened to you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold. In other words, can you believe this? In other words, this is mind-blowing. Now, now, this is a favorable time. What's he talking about? What's Isaiah talking about? We've got to keep him in mind what Isaiah is talking about is that for forever, since the beginning of man and God in the garden, there has been this eternal hope since Cain, uh, since as Adam and Eve sinned, brought sin into the world, there has been this eternal hope for a Messiah, someone who would make things right between them and God. So this is something that's been foretold. People are waiting in anticipation. And, and it's saying, now this is the moment of God's favor because why? Paul said, Christ has come. The Messiah has come. He's come. He's already been res- resurrected. He's gone back to the Father. He, he's quoting Isaiah, and this same thing is that for centuries, men of God and women of God long for that day when the Messiah has come, when the fulfillment of prophecy has finally come, and he's saying, now is the day. When people can know God, now. You don't have to have a priest anymore. You, you don't have to have the priest go to God for you anymore. You, you may need a shepherd to help guide you as a group so that nobody just tears each other apart, but you don't have to have anything else other than a willingness to accept the ambassador that was already sent. People can walk with God. People can have their sins forgiven. People can have God living in them. A difference of what they had before. God, the Holy Spirit, living inside them, not just in the Holy of Holies. You know, we are a Pentecostal church, and I begin to feel freedom. To, to, for There was a time, some of you may not think this was really the Lord, but I felt like the Lord was holding me back from, from uh, praying in tongues or, or from a message in tongues in our services because we had many people where it was just a stretch for them to come out of their, their background of whatever denomination, and, and that would have just literally scared them run off. I don't know if that was God's reasoning, but I sure felt... That, that hold back. And, and I don't know when it happened, but, but sometime shortly after Ken and Shelley came, I felt like God was transitioning the church and I felt that release. And some of you may hear me pray in a heavenly language. And I'm going to tell you, yeah, without going through the whole gory story again, that everybody's heard it many times, is I used to not believe in that and I didn't want to even tell my parents or anybody because the people I saw uh, with that gift, I didn't think their life reflected what that gift should reflect. But let me tell you, it's real, and, and the Holy Spirit interacts with you. So we're in a time, this is the day, this is the day when we can interact with the Holy Spirit. He says, in a favorable time, I listen to you. And then in the day of salvation, I have helped you. And he says, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the day, now is the time, now is the moment when we have all been waiting for. Salvation is here. And there's some here today, for whatever reason, you've, you've maybe walked away from that decision. You messed up and you just felt like it was uh, all ruined and that God wouldn't have you back and so you just ventured away and, and God has been calling you back. Today is the day of God's favor. Today is the day uh, of reconciliation. This is the hour. Maybe you've missed the urgency to it because you've not, you've not realized that you're not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not guaranteed the rest of today. Nobody has that kind of guarantee. It's today. It's now. Today is a time to be right with God. In the old school church, we call it backslid. It just meant that, that you had a relationship with Christ and somewhere along the way you, you blew it and instead of just reconciling with Him, then you let it go further and you separate yourself and now there's a great distance between you and God working in your life. 
He's also calling people to participation in this. Not only to be saved, but he's calling people to jump in. He's calling the Corinthians to realign themselves with the ministry God is calling them to do. Because now is the time of God's favor. Look in verse 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3. I'm going to read from the message. I don't use that version a lot, uh, but I really liked the way it was put in here. Um, some people, if you read the message, it's kind of like you think of some guy, California dude, surfing and getting out there and then interpreting the Bible for you. That's about how some of it comes across. But it's still good. It's very artful in some ways. But, but in verse 3, it still has the same meaning. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Paul is saying to the Corinthians, look, now is the day to get involved. Now is the day to jump in. It's, it's a call to salvation, to rededication, but it's also now a call to participation. An ambassador has a job to do. An ambassador is not just one that wears the nameplate, but an ambassador has to actually go do the work of the ambassador. And I mean, this church is regularly filled with people. And a number of you are joyfully sacrificially, willingly, lovingly serving on a regular basis. And I'm going to just tell some of the church that doesn't know, and this isn't a guilt trip, let me just tell you, there's some people who are very weary in their role at New Song. Not because they don't see the purpose, not because they don't see the, the great need, but they've been doing it so long without people coming alongside them helping them. And, you know, I'm up here and they're back there with the kids and, you know, we got small space and they're crowded and they're just like, I just wish I had a few Sundays just come in and unplug and relax and just be able to worship. And, and they're doing this with, with, with joy, and they're doing it uh, as best they can, but it, it, everybody has a point where they just need people to come alongside them, and that's what Paul is trying to tell them, is we're all ambassadors, we do it together. This is not one or two people, this is the whole body working together. It's getting involved in the ministry and seeing God do great things, but, but today is a day of favor. Today is a day to get involved. And invariably, when we talk about participation invariably when uh, we get one of three responses so uh, here's what I, I love from Dave Ramsey he talks about the days when he sold real estate and people they knew that people would get buyer's remorse so they figured out a way to counteract that they just tell them say you know you're going to go home tonight and you're going to start regretting what you've done and it's normal it's okay just go to sleep sleep it off it's all right you made the right decision but that happens and they normalize it and people would just say oh, okay that's what that is and they go through with it when maybe that might have been the Holy Spirit saying, you spent too much money. That's the wrong place. Foundation is cracked and nobody saw it. But invariably, there's three responses that happen when we talk about service. And listen, I may have only been a pastor here five years. I've been in church all my life. But uh, I've sat there and I've had a few of these maybe in my head at times. And I'm just going to tell you, this isn't about normalizing it for, for you. If you've had these in your mind as I begin to talk about service, then you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. One is to simply put it off. I'll just get involved when I have time. I'll just do it another time. I'll just get involved another day. I'll, uh, now is the day. Now is the time. There is favor in the Lord now. And some of you have been saying, I'll get involved when, when uh, there's more youth in the youth ministry, and then they'll need more help, or there's more kids in the kids ministry. There's already been more kids than we can fit sometimes in kids ministry. Now is the time. Young adults, uh, uh, Pastor Danny's been struggling with, with bouncing family and trying to figure out how he can go out and reach more young adults. You can come alongside Pastor Danny. And some of you say, you know, really want to get involved, but today's not the day for me. You've waited long enough. You've said that long enough. 
Maybe you're not involved because a vibe you pick up from me as a pastor that you aren't ready. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. Because there are times when people want to volunteer in a certain area and I, I see challenges in their spiritual walk. Maybe it's not anything obvious to everybody else. The Holy Spirit has downloaded to me. And I have reservations. And reservations, I have to, I have, I have to try to hold back. And listen, sometimes it's a matter of people have unresolved sin in their life. The way they're talking to people on Facebook, the way they're interacting in public, and the way they're doing, they're not a good ambassador for, for not just this body, but anybody, or for Christ for that matter. And they don't need to be seen as someone who is an ambassador for Christ until they, until they resolve that sin. That's what Paul's dealing with. First be reconciled. First be reconciled in the right relationship with God. We just talked about this and having the right relationship uh, vertically, right? So we could have it horizontally. And some of us need to quit being jerks to people. I'm not, some of you are looking at me, is he talking to me? I don't know. Have you been a jerk this week? You know I don't. I don't follow you around. You know? So here's the thing. Today is the day. Now is the time. Don't put it off. And if you need guidance because you've got things in your life and you are willing to say, Pastor CJ, I, I will try my best not to get my feelings hurt if you'll tell me I, I, I sense there might be reservation, reservations about you. I'm going to mess that word up all through the sermon, but you know what I'm saying. You have hesitations. First hesitations, chapter 3. You have hesitations about me serving in that area or me serving. Some of us take it as he just doesn't want me to serve, so we just back out of everything. No, it might be that you're wanting to, you're wanting to help with kids, but I've already seen you with your kids. You're like, hey, stop it. You know, and I don't know. Are you going to do that to other people's kids? Some of it may seem silly, but, but there's, real, there's real work put into developing and growing a body of believers that God's helping a shepherd do to make sure that we're being excellent at everything he puts in front of us, being good stewards of what he's put in front of us now so he'll give us more later, right? Oh, we're going into a bigger building, but it's a building. It's just bigger space. It doesn't mean bigger people, more people. If we keep eating like Bob and Dave are feeding us, it might be bigger people, but right now... More people is what I meant. More people. Okay, the second thing here. The second thing here we see in this text that will keep people from getting involved. This is one thing that happens in people's minds uh, in serving is, uh, let's look at um, chap uh, chapter 6, verse 3 again. 2 Corinthians says, don't put it off. And it says, don't frustrate God's work by showing up late. Did you know that, that promptness is in the Bible? And it was serious for the church back then? And it's serious for the church today? I had a mentor at Walmart always said, on time is late and early is on time. In other words, if you're really about what you're saying you're about, you'll be there early, not just on time. You'll fool yourself. The other day I had a dentist appointment, and if you were following Facebook, it was scary. I won't go into that. We don't have time. But it was scary. Uh, scary dentist office. Dentist was nice, but um, walk in, these rusty tools that look like big Dremel tools, metal, and look like they've been digging in rock. Serious. I was about ready to run. So, Anyway, but, but um, you know, I go in there, and, and um, <clears throat> that just got me sidetracked. Don't, don't show up late, right? Don't show up late. Let me make sure I'm back on track here. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is that um, some of us come into these things like, uh, I see the scary stuff there on the table, um, and uh, I don't know how that's going to go, so I'm just going to remove myself from the situation. And, and we get into this habit of... Um, um, we, we show up just on time wondering, you know, what do I have to do? I hear, these, I hear these words, and this tells me a lot when someone says this. Okay, so 
what do I have to do? When we had the big event in September out at the land and we're trying to minister to the community, I, I had one or two people come up and say, what do I have to do? Well, that tells me right there where the heart is. Now, I'm not making a big judgment call. I had to move right on. I didn't have time to think about a three-point sermon for them, you know. It was just, I realized that that's where their heart was at. And hopefully by the end of the day, they'd see the blessings in it. And they'd come along and say, man, this was awesome. I got to do this. When do I have to be there? How many times do I have to do it? How long will it take? And what happens is there's very little joy and very little blessing uh, in living your life according to have to. You will always be frustrated, always be grumpy if you live your life according to have to. Honestly, if you don't want to do it, then why do it? Dave Ramsey says if he has an employee uh, that feels discontent with their position and starts verbalizing it, he feels like it's his duty to set them free so they can go on to find what will make them happy. When I was at Walmart, I called it promoting them to the customer. If you are miserable here and you're going to make other people miserable, then it's my duty, my gift to you, that I am helping you. I'm giving you a life journey help right here. I'm going to help you on, promote you to customer, which in other words, let you go, right? And those are difficult things. Those, if you've ever been let go of a job, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like they've helped you. But honestly, sometimes we get miserable in a situation. We're making everybody else miserable, and the best thing for us to do is go somewhere where we can be happy for a moment until maybe we can come back to that situation and have the right attitude. Listen, when we watch what God is doing at New Song, the joy is insane. Do you know that I didn't even realize until we had to go to the bank and I had to put on charts and graphs our, our growth in attendance and our growth in giving and, and everything and see it. You know, I mean, that doesn't show you anything on spiritual realm of where people are going spiritually. But just to see that God is entrusting us with more, I was encouraged. I was like, praise God, how can we not be so joyful? How can we not just get so out of control joyful about coming to New Song and doing something here? We may have a service or two where there's empty seats. You're like, where's this place going? But I'm telling you, when you see it on paper and see the real numbers, you're like, God is doing something here, and he didn't just start this year. He didn't just start last year. It's been going on since New Song started. Growth 10% a year, salvations, baptisms, miracles of healing, miracles of provision. Let me tell you about one in the, in the, in the little bit of time I have left. Let me tell you. Jen and I were, uh, you know, I try not to schedule things on a day off, but the architect really wanted to meet, and I knew it was going to be a long meeting, and I was thinking, how can I make it up to the family, because this is going to take a chunk out of the day that we already planned to do stuff, and I said, okay, well, let's just go out for a nicer dinner. Let's just spend the, you know, let's just find some place we really like, and we want to try something new, and called my sister, and she said, try this place called Sidewalk over in, it's a Vietnamese place. Well, that scares me already, because I've had a bad experience, a Vietnamese place, but I'm like, okay, we'll go. Jen loves those plays. The kids are looking a little sketchy on, you know, what we order. But, but what happens is, is it's so busy, and you have to order and go sit down. And they sat down, and I went up to order everything. And I'm standing in line, and it's a long line. There's this young couple in front of me. And I'm just feeling, you know, I'm thinking, man, God's so good. I'm like, I, I've worked at Walmart seven and a half years, and that was a blessing too. But, but I'm just blessed. I get, to, I get to be a shepherd of a great bunch of people, and I'm sitting there, and I just... It just, the joy starts coming out. And so I just like, hey, I tell a couple, hey, what do you guys like here? You know, and just start talking to them. And I look at them, I'm like, I think I recognize you. Did I go to high school with y'all? And I'm like, find out, yes, we did. And I said, um, I said, well, what do you recommend here? And we're just talking. And they said, well, what do you, I asked them what they did. And they just kind of grinned at each other and didn't say anything. I said, well, I pastor a church. So I've been doing this since I left Walmart. I said, it's pretty great. 
I said, you know, I got a great group of people and we're just, we're just loving it. You know, I'm just spilling out here. So we go through order and I'm sitting down. And this gentleman that I talked to comes back over the table and he taps me on the shoulder and says, what's the name of your church? I said, New Song Church. He said, okay. I kind of watch him. He goes and he's talking to somebody at the restaurant and then he goes back and sits down. So I'm sitting there. Pretty soon he comes back and he walks up and he goes to hand me something. It's a fold-up check. And I don't even look at it, but the Holy Spirit just came over me that God was doing something there. And I, he shook my hand. He said, hey, we're just behind on our ties a little. And I uh, shook my hand, and I just held on to it. And here's why. I said, thank you. I said, these kind of things encourage me to spur on. I said, we're getting ready to build a building. And sometimes I, I get even doubt myself. God, are you going to take care of this? And he just looked at me and said, God's going to take care of it. And he walks off. I look at the check. There's $300 in new song. And you know, we just talked about 3000 It's easy to think about the numbers and think, well, okay, I thought you were going to say he gave a million dollars, you know, Pastor. No, you see, that's the thing. That's the joy in it. It's all up to God. It, it's his work. I'm just the ambassador that when God stirs me up, that I, he's given me a blessing to be his ambassador and for all of us to do this together. And in that joy spread with someone, they felt the Holy Spirit tell them, say, give to that work. And then as we're leaving, I give him a business card. Say, hey, you ever need anything? Just call us. He, go, he looks at the address and says, is this where we continue to send stuff? I said, yeah, it is. So you better believe I took a little more time out of the day out. We came here and I wrote a thank you letter and had it in the mail <laughs> like an hour later, you know, just because I, that meant so much to me. We don't have to, but we get to. What, not when do I have to come, but how soon can I come? To be a volunteer, to be uh, able to serve with that kind of joy uh, that recognizes the opportunity, the favor, the grace, and the blessings of what God is doing in this place. It is absolutely mind-blowing. You know, I may be difficult to work with, and you may not like necessarily doing everything with me, but there is a whole host of people you can find joy in serving together with Him. God has put you in a whole host of people, not just with Pastor C.J., but to see how God is working, to see how we are expanding our borders. And, and we look at all the statistics of churches in the U.S. in decline, consistent decline. They just closed one down in Lowell to try to do a restart because it was struggling and they wanted to see. And Belinda and Beth came from there. And God was, God was working there. But, but there are churches who are struggling to survive. And why God blesses some, I don't know. You know, but I think we can run it too. It's evidence that we have a need for the superpower of service at New Song. And what Paul is saying is, Paul is challenging that the human tendency to somehow hold back, to somehow keep the lowest uh, amount of commitment involved. That, that keep it to your comfort level. You know, we can praise God and say, hey, someone gave sacrificially and someone gave uh, $5,000 missions. is all they had in their savings. But you know what? Sometimes God wants to just get you to give your all in volunteering and serving. Paul is saying, don't live like that. It's not helpful for you. It's not favorable with the Lord. It's not favorable with the king. You won't gain favor with the king that way. Paul's coming as the ambassador saying, he wants to have a great relationship with you, but he needs you to be willing to be his ambassador, which requires giving your all. The favor of God is not found in half-hearted participation, but in full-on, full-in participation through serving. Fully devoted Listen, I'm going to jump in. We talked about that river flowing through, that the Spirit's always moving. It's not that the Spirit moved one service and He didn't the next. He's moving. It's whether you choose to join in. I'm standing back there worshiping, and I'm thinking again about the fact that Ken is now like the fourth or fifth worship leader we've had. And God may send, I, you know, Ken, I love him, and, and he's not going anywhere. 
You know, uh, we have all kinds of transitions at time, but we've had probably three or four or five worship pastors now. And every time I'm able to worship with the same fervor. Uh, you, you know, do some have bit more uh, experience and maybe they've honed their talents better? Maybe so. But if you're in here and you're not trying to jump into that river, then that's all you're getting out of it is who plays better, who plays the songs I like. But listen, I have worshipped to some pretty strange stuff before. Godly, but strange to me. I mean, there's only one area I haven't ventured, and I don't think I can, as I call it screamo, whatever that Christian music is for young people now where they scream. I can't, I can't do it because it just makes me mad, you know? <laughs> it makes me feel like you're supposed to punch someone. I don't know. But anyway, I can't do that. But there's a lot of stuff that I love because God is working through me, not because that artist. You know, listen, why do you think TV evangelists who are in sin, they later find out, and people are still getting saved, baptized, slain in the Spirit? under the ministry. And you're like, oh, well, that must have been all fake. No, it wasn't. Because they came with expectation of something happening in their life. They were trusting God, not that minister. They might have come thinking, I'm going to come to this guru of healing or whatever, and then God healed them, but it wasn't because of him and his sin. God did it because of their faithfulness. And it doesn't matter who's standing in here as long as God has placed them or standing here as long as God has placed them or in children's church as long as God has placed them as long as you come in with the right heart that I'm all in, I'm all in, I'm all in, and I'm ambassador of Christ, not just warming a seat. The third thing that keeps people from getting involved, watch this, 2 Corinthians 6.3, that last part, throwing a question mark over everything we're doing. That's in the scripture. I didn't just... Throw that at somebody here that's in the scripture. Listen, it's not, it's not about asking a legitimate question that's a problem and that you need an answer to. I get asked questions all the time that are legitimate questions, but there's no secrets here. Ask if something's bothering you, but there's a difference from uh, what that, that type of question that's more gossip and backbiting uh, through the form of a false question. Let me give you an example. Why does Pastor Ken not let anyone but his wife and pastor's wife sing? Because they can harmonize. If you have a problem, ask a question. You can try out. And if you can harmonize like they can, you might just make it on the worship team, right? This isn't about favorites. This isn't about clicks. This is about doing the best with what God's given us and finding the right place for everyone. If it's not your deal, that may be, I, man, I watch American Idol. I'm like, oh, Lord, that's what you really wanted me to do. I mean, they were supposed to hit the golden buzzer for me and all the little flake things fall down and I was supposed to go on to the finals. That's how good I was supposed to be. But God didn't give me that kind of voice. I wish, I wish, but you know why I want it? Because I want the little gold flakes falling on me and everybody clapping and applauding me. And that's what Satan wanted. So it's the closest I probably am feeling related to Satan when I feel that way and I try to squash it. But some of us need to realize it's not, it's not healthy for us to be sitting back judging, critiquing, and evaluating everything that's what's keeping us from moving forward. Can I just say that there may be some of you who are not participating in this place because you've heard critiques from other churches. Have I ever made somebody mad? They left and they formed their little group of, uh, I call it Bizarro New Song, right? Well, that's what I call any church. It's like Superman. Remember, there's Superman and Bizarro Superman. And he was just Superman, only dark, right? He was the bad Superman, a good Superman. Anybody, you read comics when you're kids? Okay. So, so when people get mad at church, sometimes they go out and they have this ultimate feeling of, I liked some things about there, and I wish they would have seen it my way, so I'll just form my own group and make it my own new song. And so they gather around each other, and they get itching ears, and they talk, and they gossip, 
And they do all this, but it's not solving anything. It's no way to live. There's no joy in it. It's just sucking them dry. And my heart breaks for them. I'm not mad at them. My heart breaks for them. Some of us won't participate because we've heard some of that. Like, well, you know, I kind of see some of that. I don't think I can get involved in kids because I just don't agree with this over here. I don't think I can get involved in worship because I've seen this over here. And, you know, and so we let Satan just do his bidding uh, for, for our service. And, and he gets our service instead of God getting it. And instead of being ambassador of Christ, we're ambassador of the devil. And we end up causing more problems than the church could ever have created on its own. You won't give yourself to the church to the, uh, because you're, you're just on the outside watching. And listen, I don't give a lot of examples about people. I don't use names. But I remember a gentleman one time early in my uh, pastoring that would come in and he had great accolades. He had played on some big stages. He had done some great things. He came in and sat in the back. He would come in late on, on Sundays, not interact with anybody. He'd leave early on Sundays, not interact with anybody. And he did that for four months. He wouldn't come on Wednesday nights because he had just other things to do, but he did have time to make sure that he came by and tell me what was wrong with the church. And finally it came to a head where he had had it out with someone else in the church, just weird. It was just like it was over nothing. And he came and he took two hours. I listened to like an hour and a half of what was wrong with New Song. And all the time the Holy Spirit's just lighting me up. And I feel the fuzzy doodads going up my back. And I feel the lightning start to strike over my head. And I waited, and I listened. I listened to every word, and I took it all in. I looked for anything that could be truth. Finally, I said, if you're done now, will you let me? You tried to sow into me. Will you let me sow into you? And I said, you don't know these people. You've not tried to walk life with them. You've buzzed in and buzzed out. You've never tried to make it to any events to get to know people. You don't care about what their names are. You don't care what their struggles are. You don't care what their family's going through. You have no idea. All you've done is come in and spectated the service, which is a very small portion of us doing life together. You have no right to talk about the people in New Song that way. You have no clue, and all you're doing is causing division. Well, he'd already told me he's leaving, and I said, and I bless you on your way. And you know what? The guy still pulls through the parking lot one time, or a few times, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, everything's okay. You know, I'm not mad at him. I wasn't mad at him then. It got me really stirred up that someone would come in and make those kind of judgment calls on a people who are trying and who want to see God do stuff in their life. If, if that's what it is, if it's all about I can't participate and I can't serve because of the way Pastor CJ does his job or, or Ken or Vincent or Danny or Tim, then I wonder why, I wonder why uh, that you're struggling in your walk. You've got to give it a rest. Jump in. Get involved. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Celebrate the goodness of God. Thankfully, we don't have a lot of visitors today. In the first service, I, I say that tongue-in-cheek. I'm always thankful for visitors, but this would be a rough one for someone who hasn't been here very long, and I apologize if you haven't, that you're, uh, that you're feeling like I'm, I'm coming down on church. I'm not. I'm just saying that, that this scripture is clear. We are to be Christ's ambassadors, and there's things that hold us back, and this is going to be a two-part sermon. I'm already over, but I'm going to just end it with this. 2 Corinthians 6.1, Compassions, as we are in the work with you, we beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. It means don't squander it. What God has put in front of you, don't squander it. God has given favor in this place. God has, uh, there's been things supernatural here. I could give you times when we have prayed over somebody on a Sunday who they were bringing family in to, to prepare a funeral for them because they weren't going to make it to the next day and they are now walking around texting me once in a while how things are going. And we could feel the electricity in the room when we prayed for them. 
We have seen uh, deliverance. We have a young man right now who's getting close to graduating Teen Challenge who was addicted to alcohol and it, it, it torn him apart from his family. And he's doing great. And God uh, put him on a road and I met him on the road and now God is doing great things in his life. God is working through New Song. We need to wake up and see what's happening around us. I'm telling you, it's absolutely amazing and you don't want to miss it. And for those of you that might be sitting there skeptically saying, you're just being a cheerleader for the church. Yes, I am. I am. And, and this is the same thing when I watched Pastor Lindell preaching uh, 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 on this topic. You know, uh, he got a little more animated when he said that because this is something that happens a lot in church. People think that a pastor's up here trying to just, you know, give a creative speech to get us involved. No, this is the Word of God. And I am a cheerleader for the Word of God. I, I am excited about what he's doing. And I get discouraged too. I mainly get discouraged when other people discourage me, but I get discouraged too. God's doing an amazing work in this place and we celebrate it and we acknowledge it because nothing grieves God more than when his people don't recognize the time of his visitation. Example in case, Jesus. When Jesus showed up and no one could recognize him for the Son of God, at least not the religious people, and that's what exactly grieved Jesus. So I'm telling you, if, if New Song is doing anything, it's because God's doing it through, this, through us, not because of me. And so let's make the most of our opportunities. Let's not squander the grace of God. Uh, you know, it's joy upon joy that we get to be a part of it. And, and God is impacting the city, northwest Arkansas, the state. Our missionaries that we send out are impacting the world all through New Song. And that's the truth, not some hyped-up pep rally talk. Today is a day to serve. So next week we're going to pick up with the second main teaching from this uh, scripture, 2 Corinthians 6, verses 1 through 13. We'll look at three aspects of his ambassador role, but, the, but focus on the second one, Paul's credentials. We're going to look at Paul's credentials and we're going to see an example of what ours should look at like. So this is just half the story. So two words of, of caution before we close. If you're sitting there thinking, yeah, this is, um, he's right, the church should be serving, but they should be serving me, then you've missed the point. But if you're sitting there thinking, you know what, he's right, I'll start serving, then you are in God's blessing and his favor because you have started the journey already by just being willing. The great beauty of our text stresses the simple things. There's great preachers, there's great shining examples of sainthood like St. Saint Paul, there's great teachers, those names who are household world words. But the church and Jesus will also need those who are in the homes and in the hospitals and in, in the neighbor's home, being Christ's hands extended, being the mouthpiece of God, serving. So next week, I'm going to give you an opportunity. We're going to, we're going to start looking at uh, building a transition team to our new facility. People who say, hey, you know, I may not be called a kids ministry, but I love kids, and I can do it temporarily. So we're going to look at ways where people can plug in for a shorter amount of time to help us with the, the influx of people we anticipate to come with that new building. And so I'm actually going to have a sign-up sheet, and all it's going to be is I am interested in serving. And if you know where, then that's great. But you can say, I'm interested in serving, and I will follow up with you. And we'll begin to pray and seek God to find that place. If we were to hit another growth spurt, like we've had in past years right now. Ken and I have talked about this. Right now, you look at how many empty seats. There are times when we've seen where both services are getting full enough at 75%. They'd only take 10 or 15 people to be too full. And we have had people come in, see it full, turn around and walk back out. That happened twice before we went to two services. 
And if that happens again, we'd have to go to three services. Right now, we don't have the infrastructure, do we? Three services. We don't. God sent us uh, some uh, ladies that have musical talents, and, and you know we've been praying and, and asking God, is this what you're doing? Did, did you bring us here for that? And, and that's part of it. So next week, you'll have a chance. Put your name down. That's a commitment. I am willing to explore serving, and I need your help, Pastor, to find where. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the work you did in, in the Apostle Paul's life that speaks so loudly, that screams so loudly to us, Lord. His words that you, that you anointed, that you inspired. Lord, just draw out of the scripture, Lord, the very problems we deal with now. That God, while he was dealing with those false teachers, Lord, and, and them rebuttaling his messages, God, I've experienced that. I've, I've had the adversary who wants to rebuttal everything that you give me to, to speak. Lord, I, I've had those who, who are the naysayers. God, I've had those who want to sit back and critique and evaluate and not jump in. And Lord, right now, I'm asking that you soften all of our hearts. Prepare us, not just for this week, but next week, Lord. For this week, Lord, is one of repentance. It's one of restoration, of, of an ambassador standing before the people saying, if you've lost your way, whether it be in relationship with, with God or, or you know that you should have been serving and you haven't, then this is your opportunity. This is the day. This is the day of salvation. This is the day of participation. Right now, all of this place, I just want to give you an opportunity. If you're here and you say, Pastor CJ, I need to make things right with the Lord. I've either not had a relationship with Him or I've walked away. I want you to just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I'll pray with you. And then we are all in one accord in this next one. If you're here and the Lord has spoke to you that you uh, that there's something in, in serving Lord that serving the Lord, serving His kingdom, that you've held back. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this one. I'm going to ask you to pray this week that God will give you the courage to sign up next week. To sign up next week and say, I'm willing to put my name on the line and say, at least I'm ready to start stepping forward. I'm ready to jump in. I, I, I need to trust God that he's going to work out my schedule. I need to trust God that he's going to work out this season in my life. I need to trust him with everything because my job keeps getting harder and my finances keep getting more difficult. No matter how hard I try, no matter how hard, how hard I plan, something is out of whack. And now I feel that today the scriptures show me that maybe it's because I'm not being the ambassador I'm called to be. That God will supply my needs. God will work out the details. But I need to be willing, joyful, excited, ready to show up early. In Jesus' name. So we pray that in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord, this week that we'll be ready for commitment the following week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man.